the Brea. The Brea, life-giving ooze, mother of us all. You flow beneath our feet and ejaculate your way through the mantle of the earth like supuration through the crust of a terrible scab. And as men, we harness your blessed power, providing industry for the highest and best use of our collective ingenuity. And as your servant and master, O Mother Earth, we shall love you and tame you with our mighty derricks along Wilshire Boulevard, the derricks that fearlessly and repeatedly impale Long Beach, the derricks that pierce Signal Hill. The derricks will stand like a million men, proud and strong with a million stories that only men and his consort, woman, may have. In this, our world, allowed by you, Brea, a more important fluid than any which courses through man's system. O oh, Brea, we thank you for our stories, for these are they, and they are as much yours as ours. What's new? Pneumatics! If you've got a notion to affect mechanical motion, it's pneumatics! Need to move something from here to there? Utilize the science of pressurized air! Pneumatics! You've seen tubes in department stores. Now in your home, you adore pneumatics! Not hydraulics, folks. Hydraulics are for tiny blokes with tiny little limpy wrists. In fact, I believe they're communists. Pneumatics! Why nothing will be static. Why things will shoot most acrobatic while you'll be ecstatic with our dramatic, pragmatic, diagrammatic schematics. Why things will shoot right through your attic. You'll feel ever so technocratic after you've installed tubes. Pneumatic! Los Angeles Pressurized Solenoid Relay and Actuator Delivery Systems, Telephone AM5200, 39th and Alameda, in Vernon. Ah, my story? Am I up? I guess I am. Please. Okay. All right, my story for this podcast is from October 22nd, 1927, <laughs> and it's a timely tale of flaming youth, or youth in <laughs> flames... Or, you know, it's come on, baby, light my Watch fire. Watch what you say about flaming youth. Yes, they'll, I know. Uh, well, they'll sue you. Well, no, 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 1927, flaming youth was something else entirely. Oh, um, An 11-year-old boy with a penchant for arson led a gang of like-minded oh, children. Kind. My in, kind of guy. I know. Every 11-year-old boy is Well, just, you know, they like to play with matches, little. but he took it a step further and, and formed a gang. They set at least <laughs> seven fires in East Bakersfield over about two weeks. And the hey, boys that's not bad. I mean, they waited a couple of days between. They they weren't well, frenzy. They had to probably had to go to school at some oh, point. Right, yeah. You know. I think that makes it a. It's not a gang. It's a club. Well, that's actually kind of how they thought of it. In fact, the eleven-year-old gang leader made each of the other boys swear an oath. Did they have to kiss his bottom? No, no, his. <laughs> no, not his bottom. Nothing. They had to kiss nothing. Um, <clears throat> okay. Give women youth. Stop that. <laughs> okay, but the boys admitted in court that they'd started the fires, and then they stayed put because they wanted to watch the fire wagons come out. And they were busted because the fire chief, chief noticed that, he, that the boys were at each of these fires, and he ratted them out to the truant officer. And Think. I know, Think. really, he, he, yeah. Well, they really should have been stopped, and we know how dangerous fires are in Southern California, and these kids were... No, good. no, 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 no. In 1927, fires didn't burn very far. They just made little dark patches no, on the soil yeah, and burned no, themselves out. Yeah, you had a point there, yeah. but still... It was a wetland. It was a... Yeah, but they should... Save for the brain. They should not have been playing with matches. And, but I, I had this idea, and I thought, well, you know, of course, 
we at the 1947 Project are familiar with many of the childhood characteristics common to people who later become serial killers. Isn't that right? <laughs> Intimately familiar. Well, you know, there are statistics <laughs> on the subject. Yes. And ben, Are you still wearing your diapers? Is he <laughs> I was just Look, <laughs> a clown's in cotton and it's his own business. Well Oh well, we're gonna put that on a t shirt. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes others, but uh, at the I, moment it's mine. Mine alone. I want a mug. <laughs> but, of course bed wedding beyond the age of twelve. Uh, torturing animals and arson are traits which are sometimes referred to as the serial killer triad. Oh, it sounds sounds like my age is between eight and ten. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a band name to me. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, so let's see. Eleven SKT? years old in 1927, 31 in 1947. You see where I'm going with this? Uh, Would it be that one of our baby arsonists? Grew up and then killed Beth Short, the Black Dahlia. Wow. Crackpot theory? I don't think so. <laughs> Wait till Larry Harnish hears about this. <laughs> and was some sort of Trinitarian? Yes. Animal torturer, arsonist? Exactly. And, uh, what was the other one? Lutheran? What? Uh, no, not Lutheran. Unitarian. Sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're peeing themselves and they're starting fires. Peeing themselves, yeah. that's right. I knew it was something I was blocking out. There. Yeah. The reasons I, I needn't explain to the group. The <laughs> no. clown's incontinence. No, <laughs> I thought maybe I was hey. something. No, that's... Uh, Why well, beating the clown tonight? <laughs> As opposed to oh. any other... Yeah, I, just keep, <laughs> I just keep stepping in it, don't I? Oh, damn. Oh, no. A clown is our own pinata. Oh, God, it's just so unfair. But anyway, that is my current theory on the killings that I'm embracing. I and, have and, several, and, and this is my favorite one right now. This is a good theory. Thank you. I like it. I, I think uh, Nathan has... Just like all rumors are true, all theories are correct. Absolutely. No, Nathan no. the Glassbreaker, you have... <laughs> <laughs> oh, did, did we hear that out there in... I believe you, you have a story along <laughs> the lines of happens. suicidal children and the children who steal them. That's right. Well, you know, um, I'm actually taking three stories this uh, this podcast mm, and, and, and mm. tossing them out there and seeing what sticks. Uh, because on October 6th, uh, there was little Virginia May Pine, two and, two and one half years old, who uh, decided it would be a good idea. Because, you know, damn it, you know, first of all, I never do children's stories because, you know, children just set my teeth on edge. Because, you know, when I think about children, I think about, like, you know, Planet Killer Elementary number eight. You know, down there where, like, Hollywood Star Lanes used to be, or the Ambassador, or something like that. Stella! But, you know, back in the day... What did he just say? Well, no, wait. Um, disclaimer. Not screw them literally. Oh. Just so, in case the feds are listening. God, yeah. that is what he said. Until they're actually... What, what's legal age here? It's got to be 14. 12. Thank you. Yeah. 14. We raised it, right, last week. And, anyway, point being... Social Darwinism, back in the day, we made kids a lot tougher then. They could actually crawl under fumigator tents that are full of... We didn't use Vicane back there. We used cyanide gas. Virginia May Pike um, crawls under the, the, the tent, which, according to medical experts, two little whiffs, two puffs, maybe she didn't inhale, but she would have to. She was under there for two minutes, sucking back the stuff. They pull mm, her out. It smells like almonds. <laughs> <laughs> smells like a like a clown's aftershave. And uh, God damn, what aftershave? <laughs> Any clown in his right mind relies on fresh body odor to be his essence of choice. Mm. And what about clowns who wear rainbow wigs? 
They need to be put down. <laughs> I think that's another T-shirt. <laughs> and the children who love them. Well, anyway, long story short, I did pause it in the in the post that she was either a uh, what was it? Either a zombie, you yes. know, you can't kill what's already dead. She was a zombie, or a vampire, or just superhuman, which means she needed to be spirited off and made into a you know army of super soldiers. Or the the Pikes just hired you know crummy fumigators, and they were probably just pumping in like you know pretty violet air that attracted her. In any event, I, I, I vote for zombie. Um, what else is and, and then uh, And then a week later, I blogged about another two-and-a-half-year-old. Who is this kid who decides he's just going to start eating uh, eating razors? Obviously a <laughs> carnival employee. Exactly. I think <laughs> yeah, he, grew up, he grew up to be Jim Rose, um, who just likes to eat razors, and uh, who doesn't? He's a fag. <laughs> <laughs> Ask his wife. <laughs> I did three weeks ago in bed. <laughs> Ooh, we got some, uh... She's only satisfied by silly things. <laughs> Not what a real clown... What does a real clown do that isn't silly? Tell us, real clown. Well, well in bed, clowns are oh. kind of silly, you see. And it's because it's the silliness that makes the things wiggle. That's right. That's but not when the they wiggle, talking. the poppiness starts. And once the poppiness starts, well, <laughs> all hell breaks loose. <laughs> How many clowns come out of there? <laughs> and well, the every clown story. has something hidden in his pants. <laughs> was about that makes me a clown. And he's that's what your oh, wife said. Little Hazel Odin was uh, minding her own business when she saw a little infant, and of course, uh, infink, infink, <laughs> and because little Hazel Odin has the compulsion to steal little infants, she had to steal the little infant, which. Uh, I understand that compulsion, too. But she was at least of age. What did we raise it up to? Ten at least now? It doesn't matter. The point being, uh, this was also back there in 1927. This was on October 21st, is when one of our uh, gals in blue down there in Boyle Heights had to trudge on over to Hazel Logan's house and say, we've got another missing infant. Turn it over. And Hazel said, yeah, I was, I was bored with it anyway. The papers reported that. Uh, <laughs> what, what Hazel would do is she would sort of nurse it for a little while and and just like a real mommy, hi, Mom, get bored with it real quick and go like, eh, what else is there to do? So, uh, I think we should write a song about her. <laughs> There's something there. Yeah, yeah so, so those were the, those are the tales of the times back there when, 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 when kids were bitching and the, and the clowns who loved them loved them. And, uh, all, was, all was right with the world. And I imagine our next sponsor has no idea what they're following up. <laughs> no, no, no. These, these are actually good, good religious folk too. So uh, <clears throat> I hope they uh, they have no no issue with what I uh, just said. Disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> I said none of it. <clears throat> anyway, let's see what the good the good folks uh, at the <clears throat> scribes tabernacle have to have to say. We have seen Millerism and. Mother Shipton, and the recurrent folly of the witnesses. Yes, even Halley's Comet has failed to bring about Armageddon. Friends, remember, this repeated prognostication for the end of the world is foolishness. Do we not remember our Matthew? For ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh, and watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. That said, please be advised. The end of the world is nigh! And only the scribe's tabernacle of the vaulted sepulchre can save you. The rapture descends. Your worldly goods will be of no use to you now. They should be given over to the Father, who conveniently is sitting atop his venerated throne of blessed wonderment and understanding, 
at the scribe's tabernacle of the vaulted sepulchre, at the holy corner of Twelfth and Olive. Oh, sure, they call us Zoroastrians on absinthe, but we'll have the last laugh when the prophesied reign of cheese comes. Come, the apocalypse. Yes, Zenu will be freed in these the end times by the twenty-three wives of the Templars at our enlightened ashram of the 192 platinum-plated Duesenbergs. Only there will you achieve perfect peace and understanding while ridding yourself of the terrible, terrible encumbrances of this imperfect world in the name of the Father. At his home, at Twelfth and Olive, the scribe's tabernacle of the vaulted sepulchre, he hath foretold the reign of cheese. Because when the brilliant cheddar of heaven meets the dark gouda that shall bubble up from the center of hell, you will want to be one of the saved. Come, come to us, child. The cheese time cometh. Thank you. Yeah, I, I bought that. I, 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 I thought we had to have more. <laughs> you know, and it's a great place to meet chicks. I'm telling you. Once a chick's got religion, <laughs> she's ready for anything. Grill her up. <laughs> well, I actually have a story to share today, too. Um, I call this one Nice Try, Bub, and it's uh, something that happened on October 18th of 1927. It was a lovely early morning marriage in judges' chambers. Louis J. Patterson married a lovely Filipino lass by the name of Marie Misuraka, and then he sent her off to work for the day. Don't know what he did. She went to work and showed off her ring and told all of her little workmates how wonderful it was that she was now Mrs. Patterson and how much she was looking forward to having lunch with her hubby, their first marital meal. Mm -hmm. um, when she showed up at the restaurant, he had an announcement for her. Gee, honey, gee, honey, honey, I didn't want to say anything before the wedding. Would have spoiled the wedding, but you know, I'm not divorced from my first wife. We'll oh, be soon, oh, though. So how's about we just set up in housekeeping, and uh, I'll keep working on that. Ah, what the heck? She didn't buy it. Wow, she's smarter than ladies today. <laughs> yeah. She went to Judge Sproul. That, that, that would have been, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was Jason the cat knocking over the microphone. Yeah, hey, you Jason. know, your cat looks like Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a Kittler? Yavor! <laughs> Heil! Heil! <laughs> Please don't. What? What? <laughs> Kill the mice? Yavor! <laughs> Back to Marie Misuraka. But having another spouse, boy, that. Kind of had that. That would have been big of him. And she said, yeah, that'd be big of me too. <laughs> she appeared before the judge and she said, uh, he asked me to wait around till he could get it and then marry him all over again. And I told him that was not the way I married. <laughs> and everything was off, not the way she rolls. And the judge agreed. Uh, the annulment was granted. And about a year later, she married another gentleman, Carl Lawrence, a little younger than herself, and one hopes a little better behaved than her first spouse. Mm. If only it were always that easy. I don't know. Spot a rat. Women. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let me tell you about you, Dave. Go ahead. Dave's are screwing. B, C, A, C, y'all do tend to make the same mistakes over and over again. What's with that? Well, I, I think Mary can tell yeah. us a bit about that. I mean, this, this next story makes Louis yeah. J. Patterson look yeah. like a piker, like a baby piker. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. true. It's true. I would like to tell you all the story of Rex H.W. Albrechtson Bear. <laughs> Let's just say it a couple times. Albrechtson Bear. Albrechtson Bear. Rex H.W. Albrechtson Bear said a lot of things. 
Um, he said that he had discovered the fountain of youth, that he had been 90 years old, and through proper health and treatments, he'd turned himself into a young man with a thick head of dark hair, that he'd grown four sets of teeth during his lifetime. Wow. That he Simultaneously? Was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, at various times over oh, his no. 90 years. Yes. Yeah, and that he'd... Uh, like a shark. <laughs> he, was, he really wanted to create human life in a lab. Oh, not he, like in a woman? Not in a woman. <laughs> in a lab. He claimed that he it's made suspicious. a little, and this is just creepy to imagine, a six inch high critter. Homunculus? Homunculus, <laughs> 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 yeah. But Whoa. when asked to show it, he said, well, I was unable to vivify it. <laughs> I see. So made of like toenail clippings <laughs> and then smegma. And <laughs> I just hope it wasn't made of little bits of skin or yeah, what else. Uh, didn't wait? Didn't Doctor Pretorius nice. make one of those? And like Bride of Frankenstein, he had a little bell jar yeah, with a little, I think so. and they played little harps. And but he couldn't vivify it. Vivify it. Yeah. But at least he admitted it. Yeah, yeah. he did. Mm-hmm. He said that he had cre- er, he had discovered um, an herbal substance that would rejuvenate life. Mm-hmm. We call that mm-hmm. weed. Um, he also claimed to be a Russian prince and he said that he had made millions during the czarist regime by um, coming up with a way to hydrate food millions of rubles (laughs) wow yeah that'll take you far Uh, hydrate food throw water on it that's the dumbest con I've ever heard, and boy, I've heard doozy. Have you heard about that guy who's down at the Alexandria Hotel who claims he's crossed a potato and a tomato? No. It's it's like this really hardy tomato that doesn't squish. You can you can ship it. Those are hydroponic tomatoes. Yeah, but I mean, no, no, no. It's just like it's potato. Is it, it would basically be called a yeah, tom pa- tom a potato. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. There you go. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Tell oh, us more about what no, is no, no, no. Or a potato. Rex H.W. Al Brexton Dare. <laughs> oh, they're the touring with Bunks. Yes. Bunks. 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 Preying upon wealthy and lonely women, mm-hmm. and he would like treat them for their headaches and their rheumatism and get money out of them and stuff like that, and it kind of worked despite how ludicrous his scheme was. But then he had a kind of a little patch of bad luck. It started when um, he was treating these two girls in Orange County for um, congenital heart defects or something, and he was just mm-hmm. giving them this mashed-up paste of vegetables and alfalfa and pea pods, <laughs> which probably didn't kill them, nor did it make them stronger. And they died. And <laughs> <laughs> they died. And um, he was, it was finally found out that he was practicing medicine without a license. Around the same time, suit was brought by Jenny McFadden, who was a wealthy Altadena widow, and she claimed that um, she loaned him $20,000 over the space of a few months because he'd befriended her, said he was going to set up a lab to hydrate food, <laughs> <laughs> moved into her house. <laughs> she started with beef jerky and ended up with a cow. <laughs> yeah. I want to see this. Yeah, she just kept loaning him money, which he understood as gifts, and it wasn't a gift at all. And yeah, That's what she said. <laughs> then he goes to court for uh, the Orange County girls and is found guilty and sentenced guilty to Guilty of a, feeding them bean paste? And <laughs> practicing medicine with all Putting jumper cables on yeah. tiny little... Um, <laughs> oh my 
my god. Little flesh critters. (laughs) (laughs) We call it Melvin. (laughs) Yes. Made from the goop you find in your uh, bathtub strainer. I I don't know. You find goop in there? Ew. Yeah. Ew. Look, I have some here in my pocket. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We can talk about crime, but I don't want to see any bathtub goop. (laughs) Oh, heck no. So then he, so he goes out in front of the judge. He goes out in front of the judge, and, uh, well, he gets sentenced. 180 days. Doesn't show up to serve his sentence. And they find him three months later in Ensenada. <laughs> yeah. A fine place to run off to. Yeah, then, yeah it December, is. Cheap, easy, girls are easy, food's easy, restaurants beach. are easy, yeah. beach is easy. <laughs> God damn. You know, Ensenada means misspelled salad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to use that again. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just think about it for a while. I like it. All right. (laughs) I feel like I've just stepped into something really... I'm missing something. Brea. Yes, Brea. Brea. Um, Yeah, December 1926, things get really weird because one of the women who had previously brought suit against Rex H.W., Al Brexton Bear <laughs> decided that she was mistaken, that he was a fine fellow, and that she wanted to be his, like his little partner in crime. And Did she meet his little six-inch unvivified man? She was helping him hydrate the food. <laughs> oh, this is the filthiest story we've yeah, ever had. Oh my god! So they get together, and he, in October of 1927, for some reason, it takes almost a whole year for this thing to come to court. Jenny McFadden gets her day in court to get her $20,000 back. And, um, what's her name? Ruth Shaw, the pianist who had, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and her doctor. I'm just going to start calling him her doctor now. Uh, <laughs> can't say I'll break to there anymore. But, um, what happened next? Well, I only printed the one sheet. <laughs> just made make up the rest. Um, this is good. <laughs> you have to hear the rest of the story. Oh, there was scandal. He announced wild things. He said that when he was finally ha- when he finally had to serve his prison time in the Orange County Jail, he was beaten so severely that he lost his hearing, his um, memory, and his ability to ascertain where he was for nine months. <laughs> and he also claimed that he'd been hunted and stalked this whole time by Jenny McFadden's people. That she had actually enlisted the agents who had uh, followed him to Ensenada. So, um, the judge finally was like, yeah, you probably just loaned him that money, and he probably just (laughs) took it and ran away. So he was ordered to repay her. Jenny McFadden got justice. Um, Didn't slow the doctor down, though. He continued his schemes in Los Angeles with little variation for the next seven years. Yeah, Um, before May 1930, he was in trouble again. He was, um, Shaw was lining up women for him for treatment. <laughs> what a, what a pack. So they were what paying money, and then he was just never treating them. So he got in trouble for that. And then in 1934, this is just a great one to go out on, you know, if you're going to end your life of crime. He and Shaw paired up. They're trying to separate L.A. residents from their cash. Um, telling them that they were raising funds to file a federal suit to get the czar's $43 million that was allegedly deposited in a San Francisco bank out. Well, I got an email about that. <laughs> the czar went to Nigeria. <laughs> and he also looked just like Nathan. I know. <laughs> 90 years old, eh? I'm resting there from way back. And if you send me your credit card information, I'll get you the czar's money. That, those right. rubles are yours. Is, is that who our other sponsor is? Those rubles are yours. Mm-hmm. 
And if you and if you would like, I will allow you to revivify my little man. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you call him? Yeah, that's what you call him. In any event, we have uh, we do have one more uh, one more sponsor, and they recorded a lovely little uh, a lovely little uh, commercial uh, for you. Let's press play. Play now, ladies. Does your husband possess warmth and empathy? Does he understand you? Do your evenings at home run something like this? Wives person, fetch me more pipe tobacco. You know, Reginald, I'm more than just a soulless automaton. In fact, we ladies have had the vote for seven years now. Horse cakes! And we can own property. Ha <laughs> applesauce! How many Negroes do you own? Actually, Reynold, slavery was abolished over 50 years ago. Wing nuts! Next you'll be telling me they've given you the vote! I'm Eleanor Roosevelt, wife of former politician Franklin Roosevelt. And hello, this is Gertrude Stein. <clears throat> this is Gertrude Stein. We'd like to invite you ladies who know all too well the brusque and brutish nature of man to join a special seminar for female camaraderie held here in Los Angeles Every Tuesday and Thursday evening, it's Venus Night at the Lotus Lounge, 540 West Main. It's a touching and tender sisterhood of like-minded female like-mindedness. Yeah. Yeah. That is, a community for the advancement of the arts, a shared interest in culture, good conversation, Workers' unions. That sounds so pink. Oh, you. <clears throat> fellow sisters and sister fellows, Venus Knight at the Lotus Lounge, see you there. Man, I think that commercial was about a lot of lesbians. <laughs> no. Come no, on. that couldn't be. No. You Look, see it, lesbians it, everywhere. It right I there, see lesbians in my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I saw lesbians on my computer last night. Uh-oh. Crime mode. No. Those weren't no, real no, lesbians. No. Well, actually, it was a lesbian's computer. Those were lipstick lesbians, Crime <laughs> So, folks, I, 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 I want to rein you <laughs> in if I can. Lesbians? I do want to get us on topic. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh, well, <laughs> it is October. It's a very special time of year. We are moving towards the Feast of the Dead, when the dead feast on us. And yay! yay! At last. The, and the dead like it when we eat lots of candy. It makes us sweet and, and fat. <laughs> I, I wondered if our clown, Crimebo, had any thoughts on the season. Well, I'm glad you're asking me this, because I have a lot of thoughts about this season. Hmm. I, of course, have been brought up with the incredible love for this time of year, Halloween, Day of the Dead guy. Amazing what you can do there. There's a lot of girls, Day of the Dead, that you can pick up, and they're not even talking. <laughs> anyway, but I'm telling you, there are some things that I have that really turn my stuff. Now, as a cr clown of crime, you would think that I would be, you know, easygoing with the whole Hallowed Eve experience, but you would be wrong. I have a list of a few things that, Really turn my bowels. Cheap candy. I know that you don't want to hand out the first chocolatour to the to the visitors and rugrats, but hey, the clown deserves a little mouth-watering sugarness hat specialty once in a while. I mean, come on. Plastic <laughs> knives and guns. 
We live in a city, for God's sakes. If you don't train them young, jail brides they become. I'm telling you. Now, I'm really getting really pissed off about this costume shit. If I see another fairy, hooker, Peter Pan, Spider-Man, stupid wire wings, rubber masks, Hannibal Lecter's, or bitch leather queens, I will beat them a better disguise. This is the only bishop you should be bowing to, and don't get me started on rainbow wigs. You already know my position on that. Crime Moving bow. on. Crime bow, crime bow, crime bow. I yeah. know why you said Peter Pan. Oh, wait. <laughs> That that little that little bastard deserved my fist in his face. Okay, but Rainbow and I were in the courtyard of the Chinese theater last night. I know you have words to share. All right, all right. We need to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, little tiny Peter Pan saw Rainbow and thought he had some competition, and he threatened you, didn't he? Little that little pipsqueak threatened me and told me that him and all his little fairy buddies were gonna. <laughs> Accost Rainbow and throw him off the property. Well, I told that little crap ass that he should never... I said, hey, didn't your mother ever teach you never to fuck with clowns? You never know what they're going to pull out of their pants, you little bastard. Well, that shut him up fast. I interrupted you. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, anyway, I'm sorry. You... I'm on a roll. I still want to see you kick Chaplin's ass. Hey. He's a tramp. I want tramps and hobos out of my town. Kick Chaplin's ass. Four court of the Chinese. I don't care. Kick his ass. Sorry. Go ahead. Thanks. Can, can we get back to get me? Get back to the... Can we get back to... Oh. All right. Thank you. The next thing on my list is inflatable lawn ornaments. If Halloween lameness had an incontinent toilet slave... It would be me. a polymer skin chew toy inflatable ass pumpkin. If you think your bees, you're the bee sting from your Costco purchase, go take a flying fuck on a rolling donut. Jeez. But the top of my list. Oh my god. <laughs> I is this wait. rave day glow fuzzy fur shit? <laughs> that makes that makes digestible digestible fluids find their way to your face. I'm telling you. I mean, it just ugh. when did Halloween ever turned to happy? Let me touch you. Boom, boom, boom. Goddamn crap. If another fairy wing beat pumper asks me if I'm a happy clown or a sad clown and then flash me a piece out, I'm gonna kill! Are you with me? Yeah! God damn it! I'm a Puritan for God's sakes. There needs to be death. There needs to be poison. There needs to be blood and skulls and body eating to be a Halloween. And if it's gonna burn it, turn into a hey, can I touch you sort of environment, I'm just gonna just 
<laughs> well, that's my two cents. <laughs> and worth every penny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Again with beating the clown. I'm sorry, I'll buy the t-shirt. Thanks, Crimebo. You know, <sighs> I don't really think there's much more we can say beyond that, but just to wish everyone the happiest of Halloweens, don't be a raver, because if Crimebo sees you, he's going to bite you. No, kill. No, kill you. He's going to kill you. Hey, and this clown gets away with it. He does. So what do you say we all just climb into the clown car and head down? Head down to the Chinese and kick some ass. I think Peter Pan is a pitch-squeak Peter Pan ass. We're going to kick Darth Vader's ass. And we're going to kick Marilyn's ass. And that weird old guy with the wings and the teeth. Yeah, I'm going to tickle that Elmo. Where it hurts. Because when you mess with Crimebo, you mess with the 1947 project. That's true. We're not messable. Yeah. All right. Got non-missability written all over. So thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. And we're just going to tune it out for now. We'll be back in, I don't know, two or three weeks when we can get all these crazy people back in the same room again. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! Halloween. Woo! Woo. (laughs) The Brea. The Brea, life-giving ooze. Mother of us all, you flow beneath our feet and ejaculate your way through the mantle of the earth like supuration through the crust of a terrible scab. And as men, we harness your blessed power providing industry for the highest and best use of our collective ingenuity. And as your servant and master, O Mother Earth, we shall love you and tame you with our mighty derricks along Wilshire Boulevard, the derricks that fearlessly and repeatedly impale Long Beach, the derricks that pierce Signal Hill. The derricks will stand like a million men, proud and strong with a million stories that only men and his consort, woman, may have. In this, our world, Allowed by you, Brea, a more important fluid than any which courses through man's system. O Brea, we thank you for our stories, for these are they, and they are as much yours as ours. What's new? Pneumatics! If you've got a notion to affect mechanical motion, it's pneumatics! Need to move something from here to there? Utilize the science of pressurized air! Pneumatics! You've seen tubes in department stores. Now in your home you adore... Pneumatics! Not hydraulics, folks. Hydraulics are for tiny blokes with tiny little limpy wrists. In fact, I believe they're communists. Pneumatics! Why nothing will be static. Why things will shoot most acrobatic while you'll be ecstatic with our dramatic, pragmatic, diagrammatic schematics. Why things will shoot right through your attic. You'll feel ever so technocratic after you've installed tubes. Pneumatic! Los Angeles Pressurized Solenoid Relay and Actuator Delivery Systems, Telephone AM5200, 39th at Alameda, in Vernon. Ah, my story? Am I up? I guess I am. Please. Okay. All right, my story for this podcast is from October 22nd, 1927, (laughs) and it's a timely tale of flaming youth, or youth in flames... Or, you know, it's come on, baby, light my fire. Watch what you say about flaming youth. Yes, I know. Well, they'll see. Well, no, 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 1927, flaming youth was something else entirely. Oh, Um, 
An 11-year-old boy with a penchant for arson led a gang of like-minded oh, children. My kind of guy. I know. Every 11-year-old boy is Well, just, you know, they like to play with matches, old. but he took it a step further and, and formed a gang. They set at least <laughs> seven fires in East Bakersfield over about two weeks. And the yeah, boys that's not had, bad. I mean, they waited a couple of days between. They they weren't well, frenzy. They had to probably had to go to school at some oh, point. Right, yeah. I think that makes it a. It's not a gang. It's a club. Well, that's actually mm -hmm. kind of how they thought of it. In fact, the eleven-year-old gang leader made each of the other boys swear an oath. Did they have to kiss his bottom? No, no, his. <laughs> no, not his bottom. Nothing. They had to kiss nothing. Um, <clears throat> okay. Give women youth. Stop that. <laughs> okay, but the boys admitted in court that they'd started the fires, and then they stayed put because they wanted to watch the fire wagons come out. And they were busted because the fire chief, chief noticed that, he, that the boys were at each of these fires, and he ratted them out to the truant officer. And I know, really, he, he, yeah. Well, they really should have been stopped, and we know how dangerous fires are in Southern California, and these kids were... No, good. no, 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 no. In 1927, fires didn't burn very far. They just made little dark patches yeah, on the soil yeah, and burned yeah, themselves out. Yeah, you had a point there, yeah. but still... It was a wetland. It was a... Yeah, but... They Safe should, for the brain. They should not have been playing with matches. And... But I, I had this idea, and I thought, well, you know, of course, we at the 1947 Project are familiar with many of the childhood characteristics common to people who later become serial killers. Isn't that right? <laughs> Intimately <laughs> familiar. Well, you know, there are statistics <laughs> on the subject. Yes. And... Are you still wearing your diapers? Yes, he's... <laughs> I was just... Look, <laughs> a clown's in incontinence is his own business. Well... Oh, well, we're going to put that on a t-shirt. Sometimes... <laughs> sometimes others, but uh, at the I moment, know. it's mine. Mine alone. I want a mug. <laughs> but, of course, bedwetting beyond the age of 12... Uh, torturing animals and arson are traits which are sometimes referred to as the serial killer triad. Oh, it sounds sounds like my age is between eight and ten. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a band name to me. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, so let's see. Eleven SKT. years old in 1927, 31 in 1947. You see where I'm going with this? Um, Would it be that one of our baby arsonists? Grew up and then killed Beth Short, the Black Dahlia. Wow. Crackpot theory? I don't think so. <laughs> Wait till Larry Arnish hears about this. <laughs> and was some sort of Trinitarian? Yes. Animal torturer, arsonist. Mm -hmm. and, exactly. Uh, what was the other one? Lutheran? What? Uh, no, not Lutheran. Unitarian. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're peeing themselves and they're starting fires. Peeing themselves, yeah. that's right. I knew it was something I was blocking out there. Yeah. The reason I, I needn't explain to the group. <laughs> no. A clown's incontinence. No, <laughs> I, I thought maybe I was hey. something. No, that's... Why well, beating the clown tonight? <laughs> As opposed to any other... Oh, I, just keep, <laughs> I just keep stepping in it, don't I? Oh, damn. Oh, no. A clown is our own pinata. Oh, God, it's just so unfair. But anyway, that is my current theory on the killings that I'm embracing. I and, have several, and, and, and this is my favorite one right now. This is a good theory. Thank you. I like it. I, I just, think uh, Nathan has... Just like all rumors are true, all theories are correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Nathan the glass breaker, you have... <laughs> <laughs> oh, did, did we hear that out there in... I believe you, you have a story along <laughs> the lines of happened. suicidal children and the children who steal them. That's right. Well, you know, um, I'm actually taking three stories this uh, this podcast mm, and, and, and tossing them out there and seeing what sticks. 
uh, because on October 6th, uh, there was a little Virginia May Pine, two and, two and one half years old, who uh, decided it would be a good idea. Because, you know, damn it, you know, first of all, I never do children's stories because, you know, children just set my teeth on edge. Because, you know, when I think about children, I think about, like, you know, Planet Killer Elementary number eight. You know, down there where, like, Hollywood Star Lanes used to be, or the Ambassador or something <laughs> like that. Spoiler! But, you know, back in the day... What did you just say? Well, no, wait. Um, disclaimer. Not screw them literally. Oh. Just so, in case the feds are listening. God, that is what he said. Until they're actually... What, what's legal age here? It's got to be 14. 12. Thank you. Yeah. 14. We raised it, right, last week. And, anyway, point being, social Darwinism, back in the day, we made kids a lot tougher then. They could actually crawl under fumigator tents... That are full of. We didn't use Vicane back there. We used cyanide gas. Virginia May Pike um, <laughs> crawls under the, the the tent, which, according to medical experts, two little whiffs, two puffs. Maybe she didn't inhale, but she would have to. She was under there for two minutes, sucking back the stuff. They pull mm, her out. Smells like almonds. <laughs> <laughs> smells like a like a clown's aftershave. And uh, God damn, what aftershave? <laughs> Any clown in his right mind relies on fresh body odor to be his essence of choice. Mm. And what about clowns who wear rainbow wigs? They need to be put down. <laughs> I think that's another t-shirt. <laughs> and the children who love them. Well, anyway, long story short, I did posit in the in the post that she was either a uh, what was it? Either a zombie. You know, you can't kill what's already dead. She's a zombie, or a vampire, or just superhuman, which means she needed to be spirited off and made into a you know. Army of super soldiers, or the the Pikes just hired you know, crummy fumigators, and they were probably just pumping in like you know, pretty violet air that attracted her. In any event, I I, I vote for zombie. Um, what else is? And there? and then uh, and then a week later, I blogged about another two and a half year old, who is this kid who decides he's just going to start eating uh, eating razors. Obviously, a <laughs> carnival employee. Exactly. I think <laughs> he grew up. He grew up to be Jim Rose. Um, who just likes to eat razors and, uh, who doesn't? He's a fag. <laughs> Ask his wife. I did three weeks ago in bed. Ooh, got some, uh... She's only satisfied by silly things. <laughs> Not what a real clown... What does a real clown do that isn't silly? Tell us, real clown. Well, in bed, clowns are oh. kind of silly, you see. And it's because... It's the silliness that makes the things wiggle. That's right. That's but not when the they wiggle, the poppiness starts. And once the poppiness starts, well, <laughs> all hell breaks loose. How many clowns come out of that? <laughs> oh. And well, the third Every clown story. has something hidden in his pants. <laughs> was about, that makes me a clown. And he's, that's what your oh. wife said. Little Hazel Odin was uh, minding her own business when she saw... A little infant, and of course... Uh, infink. Infink. <laughs> and because little Hazel Odin has the compulsion to steal little infants, she had to steal the little infant, which uh, I understand that compulsion too. But she was at least of age. What did we raise it up to? Ten at least now? It doesn't matter. The point being, uh, this was also back there in 1927. This was on October 21st, is when one of our uh, gals in blue down there in Boyle Heights had to trudge on over to Hazel Odin's house and say, we've got another missing infant. Turn it over. And Hazel said, yeah, I was, I was bored with it anyway. The papers reported that uh, <laughs> what, what Hazel would do, she would sort of nurse it for a little while and, and just like a real mommy, hi mom, get bored with it real quick and go like, eh, what else is there to do? So, uh, 
I think we should write a song about her. <laughs> There's something there. Yeah. So, so those were the those are the tales of the times back there when when when, when kids were bitching and the, and the clowns who loved them loved them. Always, always right with the world. And I imagine our next sponsor has no idea what they're following up. <laughs> no, no, no. These, these are actually good, good religious folk too. So uh, <clears throat> I hope they uh, they have no no issue with what I uh, just said. Disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> I said none of it. <clears throat> anyway, let's see what the good the good folks uh, at the <clears throat> scribes tabernacle have to have to say. We have seen Millerism and Mother Shipton and the recurrent folly of the witnesses. Yes, even Halley's Comet has failed to bring about Armageddon. Friends, remember this repeated prognostication for the end of the world is foolishness. Do we not remember our Matthew? For ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh, and watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. That said, please be advised. The end of the world is nigh! And only the scribe's tabernacle of the vaulted sepulchre can save you! The rapture descends! Your worldly goods will be of no use to you now. They should be given over to the Father, who conveniently is sitting atop his venerated throne of blessed wonderment and understanding at the scribe's tabernacle of the vaulted sepulchre, at the holy corner of Twelfth and Olive. Oh, sure, they call us Zoroastrians on absinthe, but we'll have the last laugh when the prophesied reign of cheese comes. Come, the apocalypse. Yes, Zenu will be freed in these the end times by the 23 wives of the Templars at our enlightened ashram of the 192 platinum-plated Duesenbergs. Only there will you achieve perfect peace and understanding while ridding yourself of the terrible, terrible encumbrances of this imperfect world in the name of the Father. At his home, at Twelfth and Olive, the scribe's tabernacle of the vaulted sepulchre. He hath foretold the reign of cheese, because when the brilliant cheddar of heaven meets the dark gouda that shall bubble up from the center of hell, you will want to be one of the saved. Come, come to us, child. The cheese time cometh. Thank you. Yeah, I, I bought that. I, 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 I thought we had to have more. <clears throat> you know, and it's a great place to meet chicks. I'm telling you. Once a chick's got religion, <laughs> she's ready for anything. Grill her up. <laughs> well, I actually have a story to share today, too. Um, I call this one Nice Try, Bub. And it's uh, something that happened on October 18th of 1927. It was a lovely early morning marriage in Judge's Chambers. Louis J. Patterson Sweet. married a lovely Filipino lass by the name of Marie Misuraka. And then he sent her off to work for the day. Don't know what he did. She went to work and showed off her ring and told all of her little workmates how wonderful it was that she was now Mrs. Patterson and how much she was looking forward to having lunch with her hubby, their first marital meal. Mm -hmm. um, when she showed up at the restaurant, he had an announcement for her. Gee, honey, gee, honey, honey, I didn't want to say anything before the wedding. Would have spoiled the wedding, but you know, I'm not divorced from my first wife. We'll be soon, though. So how's about we just set up in housekeeping, and uh, I'll keep working on that. Ah, what the heck? She didn't buy it. Wow, she's smarter than ladies today. <laughs> yeah. She went to Judge Sproul. That, that, that would have been... Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was Jason the cat knocking over the microphone. Hey, hey you know, your cat looks like Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a Kittler? Yavor! Hail! Hail! Please don't. What? What? 
Kill the mice! Yavor! <laughs> Back to Marie Misuraka! But having another spouse, boy, that. Hadn't had that, that, that would have been big of him, and she said, Yeah, that'd be big of me too. <laughs> she appeared before the judge and she said, uh, He asked me to wait around till he could get it and then marry him all over again, and I told him that was not the way I married. <laughs> and everything was off, not the way she rolls. And the judge agreed. Uh, the annulment was granted. And about a year later, she married another gentleman, Carl Lawrence, a little younger than herself, and one hopes a little better behaved than her first spouse. Hmm. Mm. If only it were always that easy. I don't know. Spot a rat. Women. Oh, sorry. I don't know. Dames are screwing. B, C, A, C. Y'all do tend to make the same mistakes over and over again. What's with that? Well, I think Mary can tell us a bit about that. I mean, this, this next story makes Louis yeah. J. Patterson look yeah. like a piker, like a baby piker. <laughs> it's yes. true. It's true. I would like to tell you all the story of Rex H.W. Albrechtson Bear. <laughs> Let's just say it a couple times. Albrechtson Bear. Albrechtson Bear. Rex H.W. Albrechtson Bear said a lot of things. Um, he said that he had discovered the fountain of youth, that he had been 90 years old, and through proper health and treatments, he'd turned himself into a young man with a thick head of dark hair, that he'd grown four sets of teeth during his lifetime. That he Simultaneously? Was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, at various times oh, over no. his 90 years. Yes. Yeah, and that he'd... Like uh, a shark. <laughs> he, was, he really wanted to create human life. In a lab. Oh, not he, like in a woman? Not in a woman. <laughs> in a lab. He claimed that he Suspicious. made a little, and this is just creepy to imagine, a six-inch high critter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Homunculus? Homunculus, <laughs> yeah. But Whoa. when asked to show it, he said, well, I was unable to vivify it. <laughs> I see. It's made of, like, toenail clippings <laughs> and then smegma. And I just hope it wasn't made of little bits of skin or... Yeah, what they, else? Didn't, wait, didn't Dr. Pretorius make one of those in, like, Bride of Frankenstein? He had a little bell jar. Yeah, the little, I think so. And they played little harps. And, but he couldn't vivify it. Couldn't vivify it. it. Yeah. At least he admitted it. Yeah, yeah. he did. Mm-hmm. He said that he had, cre- er, he had discovered um, an herbal substance that would rejuvenate life. Mm-hmm. You call that mm-hmm. weed. <laughs> um, good to me, he also claimed to be a Russian prince, and he said that he had made millions during the czarist regime by um, coming up with a way to hydrate food. Millions of rubles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that'll take you far. Yeah. Uh, hydrate food. I it's idea. Throw water on it. That's the see. dumbest con I've ever heard, and boy, I've heard doozy. Have you heard about that guy who's down at the Alexandria Hotel who claims he's crossed a potato and a tomato? No. It's it's like this really hardy tomato that doesn't squish. You can you can ship it. Those are hydroponic tomatoes. Yeah, but with, I mean, no, no, no. It's just like it's potato. Is it, it would basically be called a yeah, tum, pe- tum a potato. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> there you go. But I'm sorry to interrupt. Tell oh, us more about what no, is no, no. it potato. Rex H.W. Albrechtson there. Unsurprisingly, they're touring with Bunk's opening for them. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> he clowns incontinence is his own business. Yeah. Ooh, cat fight. on a t-shirt. Um, a anyway, so, anyway. Yes, anyhow, anyhow. Unsurprisingly, the doctor made his living by um, preying upon wealthy and lonely women. And he would like treat them for their headaches and their rheumatism and get money out of them and stuff like that. 
And it kind of worked, despite how ludicrous his scheme was. But then he had kind of a little patch of bad luck. It started when um, he was treating these two girls in Orange County for um, congenital heart defects or something, and he was just giving mm-hmm. them this mashed-up paste of vegetables and alfalfa and pea pods, <laughs> which probably didn't kill them, nor did it make them stronger. And they died. And... <laughs> <laughs> And um, he was, it was finally found out that he was practicing medicine without a license. Around the same time, suit was brought by Jenny McFadden, who was a wealthy Altadena widow. And she claimed that um, she loaned him $20,000 over the space of a few months because he'd befriended her, said he was going to set up a lab to hydrate food, <laughs> <laughs> moved into her house. <laughs> she started with beef jerky and you end up with a cow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she just kept loaning him money, which he understood as gifts, and it wasn't a gift at all. And yeah, that's what she know. said. <laughs> then he goes to court for uh, the Orange County girls and is found guilty and sentenced guilty to Guilty of a- feeding them bean paste? And <laughs> Practicing medicine without a Putting jumper cables on yeah. tiny little... <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Like. <laughs> Little flesh critters. <laughs> we call it Melvin. <laughs> yes. Made from the goop you find in your uh, like bathtub strainer. I, I don't know. You find goop in there? Ew. Yeah. Ew. Hey, look, I have some here in my pocket. Oh. oh yeah, we can talk about crime, but I don't want to see any bathtub goop. <laughs> Oh, heck no. So then he goes out in front of the judge. He goes out in front of the judge, and, uh, well, he gets sentenced. 180 days. Doesn't show up to serve his sentence. And they find him three months later in Ensenada. (laughs) Yeah. A fine place to run off to. Yeah, it is. Cheap, easy, girls are easy, food's easy, restaurants are easy, beach is easy. (laughs) God damn. You know, Ensenada means misspelled salad. I'll have to use that again. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just think about it for a while. I like it. All right. (laughs) I feel like I've just stepped into something really. I'm missing something. Brea. (laughs) Yes, Brea. Brea. Um, Yeah, December 1926, things get really weird because one of the women who had previously brought suit against Rex H.W. Al Brexton there <laughs> decided that she was mistaken, that he was a fine fellow, and that she wanted to be his like his little partner in crime. Did she meet his little six inch unvivified man? She was helping him hydrate the food. <laughs> oh! This is the filthiest story we've yeah, ever had. Oh my god. So they get together and he. In October of 1927, for some reason it takes almost a whole year for this thing to come to court. Jenny McFadden gets her day in court to get her $20,000 back. And, um, what's her name? Ruth Shaw, the pianist who had, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and her doctor. I'm just going to start calling him her doctor now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can't say I'll break to there anymore. But, um, what happened next? Well, I only printed the one sheet. <laughs> you make up the rest. Um, this is good. <laughs> you have to hear the rest of the story. Oh, there was scandal. He announced wild things. He said that when he was finally when he finally had to serve his prison time in the Orange County Jail, he was beaten so severely that he lost his hearing, his um, memory, and his ability to ascertain where he was for nine months. <laughs> and he also claimed that he'd been hunted and stalked this whole time by Jenny McFadden's people. 
that she had actually enlisted the agents who had uh, followed him to Ensenada. So um, the judge finally was like, yeah, you probably just loaned him that money and he probably just <laughs> took it and ran away. So he was ordered to repay her. Jenny oh. McFadden got justice. Um, didn't slow the doctor down though. He continued his schemes in Los Angeles with little variation for the next seven years. Yeah, um, before. May 1930, he was in trouble again. He was, um, Shaw was lining up women for him for treatment. <laughs> what a, what a pack. So they were what paying money and then he was just never treating them. So he got in trouble for that. And then in 1934, this is just a great one to go out on, you know, if you're gonna end your life of crime. He and Shaw paired up, they're trying to separate LA residents from their cash. Um, telling them that they were raising funds to file a federal suit to get the czar's $43 million that was allegedly <laughs> deposited in a San Francisco bank out. Well, I got an email about <laughs> that. <laughs> the czar went to Nigeria. <laughs> and he also looked just like Nathan. I know. And <laughs> I know. 90 I'm, years I'm gonna, old, I'm eh? I'm resting there from way back. And if you send me your credit card information... I'll get you the SARS money. That, oh, those right. rubles are yours. Yeah. Is that who those, our other those sponsor rubles is? Rubles are yours. Mm -hmm. And if you and if you would like, I will allow you to revivify my little man. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you call him? Yeah, that's what you call him. In any event, we have uh, we do have one more uh, one more sponsor, and they recorded a lovely little uh, a lovely little uh, commercial uh, for you. Let's press play. Play now. Yeah. Ladies, does your husband possess warmth and empathy? Does he understand you? Do your evenings at home run something like this? Wives person, fetch me more pipe tobacco. You know, Reginald, I'm more than just a soulless automaton. In fact, we ladies have had the vote for seven years now. Horse cakes! And we can own property. Ha <laughs> ha, applesauce! How many Negroes do you own? Actually, Reynold, slavery was abolished over 50 years ago. Wing nuts! Next you'll be telling me they've given you the vote! I'm Eleanor Roosevelt, wife of former politician Franklin Roosevelt. And hello, this is Gertrude Stein. <clears throat> this is Gertrude Stein. We'd like to invite you ladies who know all too well the brusque and brutish nature of man to join a special seminar for female camaraderie held here in Los Angeles Every Tuesday and Thursday evening, it's Venus Night at the Lotus Lounge, 540 West Main. It's a touching and tender sisterhood of like-minded female like-mindedness. Yeah. Yeah. That is, a community for the advancement of the arts, a shared interest in culture, good conversation, Workers' unions. That sounds so pink. Oh, you. <clears throat> Fellow sisters and sister fellows, Venus Knight at the Lotus Lounge, see you there. Man, I think that commercial was about a lot of lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> no. Come no, on. that couldn't be. No. You see lesbians it, everywhere. I see lesbians in my dreams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I saw lesbians mode. on my computer last night. Uh-oh. Crime mode. No. Those weren't real no, lesbians. No, no. Well, actually, it was a lesbian's computer. Those were lipstick <laughs> lesbians, crime So, I mean, folks, were, I, I, the, the I, I, I want to yeah. rein you <laughs> in if I can. Lesbians? I do want to get us on topic. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh, well, <laughs> it is October. It's a very special time of year. 
we are moving towards the Feast of the Dead. When the dead feast on us. And yay! yay! At last. The, and the dead like it when we eat lots of candy. It makes us sweet and, and fat. <laughs> I, I wondered if our clown, Crimebo, had any thoughts on the season. Well, I'm glad you're asking me this, because I have a lot of thoughts about this season. I, of course, have been brought up with the incredible love for this time of year, Halloween, Day of the Dead. God, amazing what you can do there. There's a lot of girls, Day of the Dead, that you can pick up, and they're not even talking. (laughs) Anyway, but I'm telling you, there are some things that I have that really turn my stomach. Now... As a clown of crime, you would think that I would be, you know, easygoing with the whole Hallowed Eve experience. But you would be wrong. I have a list of a few things that really turn my bowels. Cheap candy. I know that you don't want to hand out the first chocolatour to the the visitors and rugrats, but hey... The clown deserves a little mouth-watering, sugarness specialty once in a while. I mean, come on. Plastic knives and guns. We live in a city, for God's sakes. If you don't train them young, jail brides they become. I'm telling you. Now, I'm really getting really pissed off about this costume shit. If I see another fairy... Hooker, Peter Pan, Spider-Man, Stupid Wire Wings, Rubber Masks, Hannibal Lecters, or Bitch Leather Queens, I will beat them a better disguise. This is the only bishop you should be bowing to, and don't get me started on rainbow wigs. You already know my position on that. Crime Moving bow. on. Crime bow, crime bow, crime bow. I yeah. know why you said Peter Pan. Oh, wait. If <laughs> that, that little that little bastard deserved my fist in his face. Okay, but... crime bow and I were in the courtyard of the Chinese theater last night. I know you have words to share. All right, all right. We need to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, little tiny Peter Pan saw crime bow and thought he had some competition, and he threatened you, didn't he? Little, that little pipsqueak threatened me and told me that him and all his little fairy buddies <laughs> were gonna accost Rainbow and throw him off the property. Well, I told that little crap ass that he should never... And I said, hey, didn't your mother ever teach you never to fuck with clowns? You never know what they're gonna pull out of their pants, you little bastard. Well, that shut him up fast. I interrupted you. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, anyway, I'm sorry. You, I, I'm on a roll. I still want to see you kick Chaplin's ass. Hey. He's a tramp. I want tramps and hobos out of my town. Kick Chaplin's ass. Forecourt of the Chinese. I don't care. Kick his ass. Sorry. Go ahead. Thanks. Can, can we get back to me? Get back to the... Can we get back to... All right. Thank you. The next thing on my list is inflatable lawn ornaments. If Halloween lameness had an incontinent toilet slave, it would be me. a polymer skin chew toy inflatable ass pumpkin. If you think your bees, you're the bee sting 
from your Costco purchase. Go take a flying fuck on a rolling donut. Jeez. But the top of my list. Oh my god. Is this wait. rave day glow fuzzy fur shit? That makes that makes digestible digestible fluids find their way to your face. I'm telling you. I mean, it just... Ugh. When did Halloween ever turn to happy, let me touch you, boom, 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 goddamn crap? If another fairy wing beat pumper asks me if I'm a happy clown or a sad clown and then flashed me a piece out, I'm gonna kill! Are you with me? Yeah! God damn it! I'm a Puritan, for God's sakes. There needs to be death. There needs to be poison. There needs to be blood and skulls and body eating to be a Halloween. And if it's gonna burn it, turn into a Hey, can I touch you sort of environment? I'm just gonna just... Ugh. Well, that's my two cents. <laughs> and worth every penny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Again with beating the clown. I'm sorry, I'll buy the t-shirt. Thanks, Crimebo. You know, <sighs> I don't really think there's much more we can say beyond that, but just to wish everyone... The happiest of Halloweens. Don't be a raver, because if Crimebo sees you, he's gonna bite you. No, kill. No, kill you. He's gonna kill you. Hey, and this clown gets away with it. He does. So what do you say we all just climb into the clown car and head down? Head down to the Chinese and kick some ass. I think Peter Pan is So pitch squeak Peter Pan ass. We're gonna kick Darth Vader's ass. And we're going to kick Marilyn's ass. We're and that weird tall guy with the wings and the teeth. Yeah, I'm going to tickle that, Elmo. <laughs> Where it hurts. Because when you mess with Crime Bow, you mess with the 1947 project. This is true. We're, we're not, uh, we're not uh, yeah. messable. Yeah. All right. We've got non-missability written all over. So thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. And then we're just going to tune it out for now. We'll be back in, I don't know, two or three weeks when we can get all these crazy <laughs> people get back in the same room again. <laughs> Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween. Woo! Woo. <laughs> the Brea. The Brea, life-giving ooze. Mother of us all, you flow beneath our feet and ejaculate your way through the mantle of the earth like supuration through the crust of a terrible scab. And as men, we harness your blessed power providing industry for the highest and best use of our collective ingenuity. And as your servant and master, O Mother Earth, we shall love you and tame you with our mighty derricks along Wilshire Boulevard, the derricks that fearlessly and repeatedly impale along the beach, the derricks that pierce Signal Hill. The derricks will stand like a million men, proud and strong with a million stories that only men and his consort, woman, may have. In this, our world, Allowed by you, Brea, a more important fluid than any which courses through man's system. O oh, Brea, we thank you for our stories. 
for these are they and they are as much yours as ours. What's new? Pneumatics! If you've got a notion to affect mechanical motion, it's pneumatics! Need to move something from here to there? Utilize the science of pressurized air! Pneumatics! You've seen tubes in department stores. Now in your home, you adore... Pneumatics! Not hydraulics, folks. Hydraulics are for tiny blokes with tiny little limpy wrists. In fact, I believe they're communists. Pneumatics! Why nothing will be static. Why things will shoot most acrobatic while you'll be ecstatic with our dramatic, pragmatic, diagrammatic schematics. Why things will shoot right through your attic. You'll feel ever so technocratic after you've installed tubes. Pneumatic! Los Angeles Pressurized Solenoid Relay and Actuator Delivery Systems. Telephone EN 5200 39th at Alameda in Vernon. Ah, my story? Am I up? I guess I am. Please. Okay. All right, my story for this podcast is from October 22nd, 1927. (laughs) And it's a timely tale of flaming youth, or youth (laughs) in flames, or, you know, it's come on baby, light my fire. Watch what you say about flaming youth. Yes, I know. uh, Well, well, 1927, flaming youth was something else entirely. Um, An 11-year-old boy with a penchant for arson led a gang of like-minded oh, children. Guy. My kind of guy. I know. Every 11-year-old boy is Well, just, you know, they like to play with matches, home. but he took it a step further and, and formed a gang. They set at least <laughs> seven fires in East Bakersfield over about two weeks. And the hey, boys that's had, not bad. I mean, they waited a couple days between. They, they weren't well, frenzied. Well, they had to, probably had to go to school at some oh, point. Right, yeah. you know. I think they mix it up. It's not a gang, it's a club. Well, that's actually kind of how they thought of it. In fact, the 11-year-old gang leader made each of the other boys swear an oath. Did they have to kiss his bottom? No, no, his... (laughs) No, not his bottom. Nothing. They had to kiss nothing. Um, (coughs) Okay. You're blaming youth. Stop that. Um, Okay, but the boys admitted in court that they'd started the fires, and then they stayed put because they wanted to watch the fire wagons come out. And they were busted because the fire chief chief noticed that he, that the boys were at each of these fires and he ratted them out to the truant officer and think, think, i know think. really he, he, yeah well they really should have been stopped and we know how dangerous fires are in southern california and these kids were to no good no 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 in 1927 fires didn't burn very far they just made little dark patches no, on the soil yeah, and burned no, themselves out yeah, you had a point there yes. but still it was a wetland it was a yeah but Safe for the brain. They should not have been playing with matches. And but I, I had this idea, and I thought, well, you know, of course, we at the 1947 Project are familiar with many of the childhood characteristics common to people who later become serial killers. Isn't that right? <laughs> Intimately <laughs> familiar. Well, you know, there are statistics <laughs> on the subject. Yes. And ben, are you still wearing your diapers? Is he? <laughs> I was just Look, <laughs> a clown's in incontinence is his own business. Well, oh, well, we're gonna put that on a T-shirt. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes others, but uh, at the I moment, know. it's mine, mine alone. I want a mug. Right. <laughs> but, of course, bedwetting beyond the age of twelve, uh, torturing animals, and arson are traits which are sometimes referred to as the serial killer triad. Oh, it sounds, sounds like my age is between 8 and 10. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a band name to me. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, so let's see. 11 SKT? years old in 1927, 31 in 1947. You see where I'm going with this? Uh, 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 would it be that one of our baby arsonists 
grew up and then killed Beth Short, the Black Dahlia. Wow. Crackpot theory? I don't think so. Wait till Larry Harnish hears about this. <laughs> and was some sort of Trinitarian? Yes. Animal torturer, arsonist? And, exactly. Uh, what was the other one? Lutheran? What? Uh, no, not Lutheran. Unitarian. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're peeing themselves and they're starting fires. Peeing themselves, that's right. I knew it was something I was blocking out there. Yeah. The reason I, I needn't explain to the group. <laughs> no. The clown's incontinence. No, <laughs> I thought maybe I was hey. something. No, that's... Why well, beating the clown tonight? It's <laughs> supposed to be the other I just, keep, <laughs> I just keep stepping in it, don't I? Oh, damn. Oh, no. A clown is our own pinata. Oh, God, it's just so unfair. But anyway, that is my current theory on the killings that I'm embracing. I and, have and, several, and this is my favorite one right now. This is a good theory. Thank you. I like it. I, I think uh, Nathan has... Just like all rumors are true, all theories are correct. Absolutely. Uh, Nathan the glass breaker, you have... <laughs> <laughs> oh, did, did we hear that out there in... I believe you, you have a story along <laughs> the lines of happened. suicidal children and the children who steal them. That's right. Well, you know, um, I'm actually taking three stories this uh, this podcast mm, and, and, and tossing them out there and seeing what sticks. Uh, because on October 6th, uh, there was little Virginia May Pine, two and, two and one half years old, who uh, decided it would be a good idea. Because, you know, damn it, you know, first of all, I never do children's stories because, you know, children just set my teeth on edge. Because, you know, when I think about children, I think about, like, you know, Planet Killer Elementary number eight. You know, down there where, like, Hollywood Star Lanes used to be, or the Ambassador, or something like that. Stella! But, you know, back in the day... What did he just say? Well, no, wait, um, disclaimer, not screw them literally, oh. just so, in case the feds are listening. God, yeah. that is what he said. Until they're actually... What, what's legal age here? It's got to be 14. 12, thank you. Yeah. 14. We raised it, right, last week. And anyway, point being, social Darwinism, back in the day, we made kids a lot tougher then. They could actually crawl under fumigator tents... That are full of. We didn't use Vicane back there. We used cyanide gas. Virginia May Pike um, <laughs> crawls under the, the the tent, which, according to medical experts, two little whiffs, two puffs. Maybe she didn't inhale, but she would have to. She was under there for two minutes, sucking back the stuff. They pull mm, her out. It smells like almonds. <laughs> <laughs> smells like a like a clown's aftershave. And uh, God damn, what aftershave? <laughs> Any clown in his right mind relies on fresh body odor to be his essence of choice. Mm. And what about clowns who wear rainbow wigs? They need to be put down. I think that's another t-shirt. <laughs> and the children who love them. Well, anyway, long story short, I did pause it in the, in the post that she was either a, uh, what was it? Either a zombie, you yes. know, you can't kill what's already dead, she's a zombie, or a vampire, or just superhuman, which means she needed to be spirited off and made into a, you know, Army of super soldiers, or the the Pikes just hired you know, crummy fumigators, and they were probably just pumping in like you know, pretty violet air that attracted her. In any event, I I, I vote for zombie. Um, what else is? And there? and then uh, and then a week later, I blogged about another two and a half year old, who is this kid who decides he's just going to start eating uh, eating razors. Obviously, a <laughs> carnival employee. Exactly. I think <laughs> no, he grew up. He grew up to be Jim Rose. Um, who just likes to eat razors, and uh, who doesn't? He's a fag. <laughs> <laughs> Ask his wife. I did three weeks ago in bed. Ooh, we got some. Uh, She's only satisfied by silly things. <laughs> Not what a real clown. What does a real clown do that isn't silly? Tell us, real clown. Well, well in bed, clowns are oh. kind of silly, you see, and it's because 
It's the silliness that makes the things wiggle. That's right. That's but not when the they wiggle, the poppiness starts. And once the poppiness starts, well, <laughs> all hell breaks loose. How many clowns come out of that? <laughs> and well, the third every clown has something hidden in his pants. <laughs> was about that makes me a clown. And he's, that's what your oh, wife said. Little Hazel Odin was uh, minding her own business when she saw. A little infant, and of course, uh, infink, infink, <laughs> and because little Hazel Odin has the compulsion to steal little infants, she had to steal the little infant. Which uh, I understand that compulsion too. But she was at least of age. What did we raise it up to? Ten at least. Now it doesn't matter. The point <laughs> being, uh, this was also back there in 1927. This was on October 21st. Is when one of our uh, gals in blue down there in Boyle Heights had to trudge on over to Hazel Odin's house and say, "We got another missing infant." Turn it over, and Hazel said, "Yeah, I was I was bored with it anyway." The papers reported that uh, what what Hazel would do is she would sort of nurse it for a little while, and and just like a real mommy, hi mom, get bored with it real quick and go like, "Eh, what else is there to do?" So uh, I think we should write a song about her. <laughs> There's something there. Yeah. So so those were the those are the tales of the times back there when when when, when kids were bitching and the, and the clowns who loved them loved them. And, uh, all was all was right with the world. And I imagine our next sponsor has no idea what they're following up. <laughs> no, no, no. These, these are actually good, good religious folk too. So uh, <clears throat> I hope they uh, they have no no issue with what I uh, just said. Disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> I said none of it. <clears throat> anyway, let's see what the good the good folks uh, at the <clears throat> scribes tabernacle have to have to say. We have seen Millerism and. Mother Shipton, and the recurrent folly of the witnesses. Yes, even Halley's Comet has failed to bring about Armageddon. Friends, remember, this repeated prognostication for the end of the world is foolishness. Do we not remember our Matthew? For ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh, and watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. That said, please be advised, the end of the world is nigh! And only the scribe's tabernacle of the vaulted sepulchre can save you. The rapture descends. Your worldly goods will be of no use to you now. They should be given over to the Father, who conveniently is sitting atop his venerated throne of blessed wonderment and understanding at the scribe's tabernacle of the vaulted sepulchre, at the holy corner of Twelfth and Olive. Oh, sure, they call us Zoroastrians on absinthe, but we'll have the last laugh when the prophesied reign of cheese comes. Come, the apocalypse. Yes, Zenu will be freed in these the end times by the twenty-three wives of the Templars at our enlightened ashram of the 192 platinum-plated Duesenbergs. Only there will you achieve perfect peace and understanding while ridding yourself of the terrible, terrible encumbrances of this imperfect world in the name of the Father. At his home, at Twelfth and Olive, the scribe's tabernacle of the vaulted sepulchre. He hath foretold the reign of cheese, because when the brilliant cheddar of heaven meets the dark gouda that shall bubble up from the center of hell, you will want to be one of the saved. Come, come to us, child. The cheese time cometh. Thank you. Yeah, I, I bought that. I, 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 I thought we had to have <clears throat> You know, and it's a great place to meet chicks. I'm telling you. Once a chick's got religion, <laughs> she's ready for anything. Grill her up. 
<laughs> well, I actually have a story to share today, too. Um, I call this one Nice Try, Bub. And it's uh, something that happened on October 18th of 1927. It was a lovely early morning marriage in Judge's Chambers. Louis J. Patterson married a lovely Filipino lass by the name of Marie Misuraka. And then he sent her off to work for the day. Don't know what he did. She went to work and showed off her ring and told all of her little workmates how wonderful it was that she was now Mrs. Patterson and how much she was looking forward to having lunch with her hubby their first marital meal. Mm-hmm. Um, when she showed up at the restaurant, he had an announcement for her. Gee, honey, gee, honey, honey, I didn't want to say anything before the wedding. Would have spoiled the wedding, but you know, I'm not divorced from my first wife. We'll oh. be soon, though. So how's about we just set up in housekeeping, and uh, I'll keep working on that. Ah, what the heck? She didn't buy it. Wow, she's smarter than ladies today. <laughs> yeah... She went to Judge Sprout. That, that, that would have been, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was Jason the cat knocking over the microphone. Yeah, hey, you know, your cat looks like Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a Kittler? Yavor! Yeah, Heil! Heil! <laughs> Please don't. What? What? <laughs> Kill the mice? Yavor! Yeah, Back to Marie Misuraka. But having another spouse, boy, that... Kind of had that, that would have been big of him, and she said, yeah, that'd be big of me, too. <laughs> she appeared before the judge, uh, and she said, <laughs> uh, he asked me to wait around till he could get it, and then marry him all over again, and I told him that was not the way I married. <laughs> and everything was off, not the way she rolls. And the judge agreed. Uh, the enrollment was granted, and about a year later, she married another gentleman, Carl Lawrence, a little younger than herself, and one hopes a little better behaved than her first spouse. Hmm. Mm. If only it were always that easy. I don't know. Spot a rat. Women. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Let me tell you about you, A. Dames are screwing. B. C. A. C. Y'all do tend to make the same mistakes over and over again. What's with that? I think Mary can tell us a bit about that. I mean, this, this next story makes Lewis yeah. J. Patterson look yeah. like a piker, like a baby piker. <laughs> it's yes. true. It's true. I would like to tell you all the story of Rex H.W. Albrechtson Bear. <laughs> Let's just say it a couple times. Albrechtson Bear. Albrechtson Bear. Rex H.W. Albrechtson Bear said a lot of things. Um, he said that he had discovered the fountain of youth, that he had been 90 years old, and through proper health and treatments, he'd turned himself into a young man with a thick head of dark hair, that he'd grown four sets of teeth during his lifetime. Wow. That he Simultaneously? Was, uh, <laughs> oh, at various times over his 90 years. Yeah, and that he'd... Uh, like a shark. <laughs> he, was, he really wanted to create human life in a lab. Oh, and not he, like in a woman? Not in a woman. <laughs> in a lab. He claimed that he it's made suspicious. a little, and this is just creepy to imagine, a six-inch high critter. <laughs> Homunculus? Homunculus, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Whoa. when asked to show it, he said, well, I was unable to vivify it. <laughs> I see. It's made of, like, toenail clippings <laughs> and then smegma. I just hope it wasn't made of little bits of skin or... Yeah, what else? Didn't, wait, didn't Dr. Pretorius make one of those in, like, Bride of Frankenstein? He had a little bell jar. Yeah, the little, I think so. And they played little harps. And, but he couldn't vivify couldn't it. Couldn't vivify it. Yeah. But at least he admitted it. Yeah, yeah, he did. He said that he had, cre- er, he had discovered um, an herbal substance that would rejuvenate life. Mm-hmm. We call that weed. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Sounds um, good to me, Mary. He also claimed to be a Russian prince, and he said that he had made millions during the czarist regime by um, coming up with a way to hydrate food. <laughs> millions of rubles. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that'll take you far. Yeah. Uh, hydrate food. I it's a idea. Oh, Throw water on it. God. <laughs> That's Let's the see. dumbest con I've ever heard, and boy, I've heard doozy. Have you heard about that guy who's down at the Alexandria Hotel who claims he's crossed a potato and a tomato? No. It's it's like this really hardy tomato that doesn't squish. You can you can ship it. Those are hydroponic tomatoes. Yeah, but, I mean, no, no, no. It's just like it's potato. Is it, it would basically be called a yeah, tom pe- tom a potato. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. There you go. But I'm sorry to interrupt. Tell oh, us more about what is it? Or a potato. Rex H.W. Al Brexton there. <laughs> oh, oh, They're the touring with Bunk's yes. Bunk 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 Preying upon wealthy and lonely women, mm-hmm. and he would just, like treat them for their headaches and their rheumatism and get money out of them and stuff like that, and it kind of worked despite how ludicrous his scheme was. But then he had a kind of a little patch of bad luck. Started when um, he was treating these two girls in Orange County for um, congenital heart defects or something, and he was just mm-hmm. giving them this mashed up paste of vegetables and alfalfa and pea pods, <laughs> which probably didn't kill them, nor did it make them stronger. And they died. And <laughs> <laughs> they died. And um, he was, it was finally found out that he was practicing medicine without a license. Around the same time, suit was brought by Jenny McFadden, who was a wealthy Altadena widow, and she claimed that um, she loaned him $20,000 over the space of a few months because he'd befriended her, said he was going to set up a lab to hydrate food, <laughs> <laughs> moved into her house. She started with beef jerky and you end up with a cow. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see this. Yeah, she just kept loaning him money, which he understood as gifts, and it wasn't a gift at all. And mm, That's what she know. said. <laughs> then he goes to court for uh, the Orange County girls and is found guilty and sentenced guilty to Guilty of a- feeding them bean paste? And <laughs> practicing medicine without a Putting jumper cables on yeah. tiny little... <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Wait. Little flesh critters. <laughs> we call it Melvin. <laughs> yes. Made from the goop you find in your uh, my bathtub strainer. I, I don't know. You find goop in there? Ew. Yeah. Ew. Hey, look, I have some here in my pocket. Oh. Oh yeah, we can talk about crime, but I don't want to see any bathtub goop. <laughs> Oh, heck no. So then he, so he goes out in front of the judge. But yes, all of a sudden, he goes out in front of the judge, and, uh, well, he gets sentenced. 180 days. Doesn't show up to serve his sentence. And they find him three months later in Ensenada. <laughs> yeah. A fine place to run off to. Yeah, then, yeah it is. Cheap, easy, girls are easy, food's easy, <laughs> restaurants are easy, yeah. beach is easy. <laughs> God damn. You know, Ensenada means misspelled salad. <laughs> I can't tell if you're I'll lying. have to use that again. <laughs> I'll just think about it for a while. I like it. All right. <laughs> I feel like I've just stepped into something really. I'm missing something. Brea. Yes, Brea. Brea. Um, yeah, December 26, 1926, things get really weird because one of the women who had previously brought suit against Rex H.W. 
Al Brexton there <laughs> decided that she was mistaken, that he was a fine fellow, and that she wanted to be his, like his little partner in crime. Did she meet his little six-inch unvivified man? She was helping him hydrate the food. <laughs> oh, this is the filthiest story we've yeah, ever had. Oh my god! So they get together, and he, in October of 1927, for some reason, it takes almost a whole year for this thing to come to court. Jenny McFadden gets her day in court to get her $20,000 back. And, um, what's her name? Ruth Shaw, the pianist who had, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, and her doctor. I'm just going to start calling him her doctor now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can't say I'll text him there anymore. But, um, what happened next? Oh, I only printed the one sheet. <laughs> you make up the rest. It's just as good. <laughs> I have to hear the rest of the story. Oh, there was scandal. He announced wild things. He said that when he was finally when he finally had to serve his prison time in the Orange County Jail, he was beaten so severely that he lost his hearing, his um, memory, and his ability to ascertain where he was for nine months. <laughs> and he also claimed that he'd yeah. been hunted and stalked this whole time by Jenny McFadden's people. That she had actually enlisted the agents who had uh, followed him to Ensenada. So, um, the judge finally was like, yeah, you probably just loaned him that money and he probably just <laughs> took it and ran away. So he was ordered to repay her. Jenny McFadden got justice. Um, didn't slow the doctor down, though. He continued his schemes in Los Angeles with little variation for the next seven years. Yeah, um, before. May 1930, he was in trouble again. He was, um, Shaw was lining up women for him for treatment. <laughs> what a, what a pack. So they were what paying money, and then he was just never treating them. So he got in trouble for that. And then in 1934, this is just a great one to go out on, you know, if you're going to end your life of crime. He and Shaw paired up. They're trying to separate L.A. residents from their cash. Um, telling them that they were raising funds to file a federal suit to get the czar's $43 million that was allegedly deposited in a San Francisco bank out. What? I got an email about <laughs> that. The czar went to Nigeria? <laughs> and he also looked just like Nathan. I know. And <laughs> I know. 90 I'm, years I'm old, I'm eh? I'm rest in there from way back. And if you send me your credit card information, I'll get you the czar's money. That, oh, right. Those rubles are yours. Is, is that uh, who those, our other sponsor rubles is? rubles are yours. Mm -hmm. And if, you, and if you would like, I will allow you to revivify my little man. <laughs> Is that what you call him? Yeah, that's what you call him. In any event, we, have, uh, we do have one more, uh, one more sponsor, and they recorded a lovely little, uh, a lovely little uh, commercial uh, for you. Let's press play. Play. Now. Ladies, does your husband possess warmth and empathy? Does he understand you. Do your evenings at home run something like this? Wives person, fetch me more pipe tobacco. You know, Reginald, I'm more than just a soulless automaton. In fact, we ladies have had the vote for seven years now. Horse cakes! And we can own property. Ha <laughs> ha applesauce! How many Negroes do you own? Actually, Reynold, slavery was abolished over 50 years ago. Wing nuts! Next you'll be telling me they've given you the vote! I'm Eleanor Roosevelt, wife of former politician Franklin Roosevelt. And hello, this is Gertrude Stein. <clears throat> this is Gertrude Stein. We'd like to invite you ladies who know all too well the brusque and brutish nature of man to join a special seminar for female camaraderie held here in Los Angeles 
every Tuesday and Thursday evening. It's Venus Night at the Lotus Lounge, 540 West Main. It's a touching and tender sisterhood of like-minded female like-mindedness. Yeah. Yeah. That is a community for the advancement of the arts, a shared interest in culture, good conversation, workers' unions. That sounds so pink. Oh, you. <clears throat> Fellow sisters and sister fellows, Venus Knight at the Lotus Lounge, see you there. Man, I think that commercial was about a lot of lesbians. <laughs> no. Come no, on. that couldn't be. No. You see lesbians she, everywhere. Right I there, see lesbians in my dreams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw mode. lesbians on my computer last night. Uh-oh. Crime mode. No. Those weren't real no, lesbians. No, no. Well, actually, it was a lesbian's computer. And those were lipstick <laughs> lesbians, crime so, I mean, folks, were, I, I, they, they I, I want to yeah. rein you <laughs> in if I can. No. I do want to get us on topic. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh, well, <laughs> it is October. It's a very special time of year. We are moving towards the Feast of the Dead, when the dead feast on us. And <laughs> yay! yay! At last. The, and the dead like it when we eat lots of candy. It makes us sweet and, and fat. <laughs> I, I wondered if our clown, Crimebo, had any thoughts on the season. Well, I'm glad you're asking me this, because I have a lot of thoughts about this season. I, of course, have been brought up with the incredible love for this time of year, Halloween, Day of the Dead. God, amazing what you can do there. There's a lot of girls' Day of the Dead that you can pick up, and they're not even talking. <laughs> anyway, but I'm telling you, there are some things that I have that really turn my stuff. Now... As a cr clown of crime, you would think that I would be, you know, easygoing with the whole Hallowed Eve experience. But you would be wrong. I have a list of a few things that really turn my bowels. Cheap candy. I know that you don't want to hand out the first chocolatour to the, to the visitors and rugrats, but hey... The clown deserves a little mouth-watering sugarness specialty once in a while. I mean, come on. Plastic <laughs> knives and guns. We live in a city, for God's sakes. If you don't train them young, jail brides they become. I'm telling you. Now, I'm really getting really pissed off about this costume shit. If I see another fairy... Hooker, Peter Pan, Spider-Man, Stupid Wire Wings, Rubber Masks, Hannibal Lecters, or Bitch Leather Queens, I will beat them a better disguise. This is the only bishop you should be bowing to, and don't get me started on rainbow wigs. You already know my position on that. Crime Moving boat. on. Crime boat, crime boat, crime boat. I yeah. know why you said Peter Pan. Oh, wait. <laughs> if that little, that little bastard deserved my fist in his okay. face. Okay, but... crime boat and I were in the courtyard of the Chinese theater last night. I know you have words to share. All right, all right. We need to talk about this. Yeah. 
Uh, little tiny Peter Pan saw Crimebo and thought he had some competition, and he threatened you, didn't he? Little, that little pipsqueak threatened me and told me that him and all his little fairy buddies <laughs> were gonna accost Crimebo and throw him off the property. Well, I told that little crap ass that he should never... Did, and I said, hey, didn't your mother ever teach you never to fuck with clowns? You never know what they're going to pull out of their pants, you little bastard. Let's shut them up fast. I interrupted you. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm on a roll. I still want to see you kick Chaplin's ass. Hey. He's a tramp. I want tramps and hobos out of my town. Kick Chaplin's ass. Forecourt of the Chinese. I don't care. Kick his ass. Sorry. Go ahead. Thank you. Can, can we get back to me? Get back to the. <laughs> can we get back to. All right, thank you. The next thing on my list is inflatable lawn ornaments. If Halloween lameness had an incontinent toilet slave, it would be me. A polymer skin chew toy inflatable ass pumpkin. If you think you're bees, you're the bee sting from your Costco purchase. Go take a flying fuck on a rolling donut! Jeez! But the top of my list... Oh my god. Is this rave day glow fuzzy fur shit. That makes... That makes digestible... Digestible fluids find their way... To your face. I'm telling you. I mean, it just... Ugh. When did Halloween ever turn to happy, let me touch you, boom, 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 goddamn crap? If another fairy wing beat pumper asked me if I'm a happy clown or a sad clown, and then flashed me a piece out, I'm gonna kill... Are you with me? Yeah! God damn it! I'm a Puritan for God's sakes. There needs to be death. There needs to be poison. There needs to be blood and skulls and body eating to be a Halloween. And if it's gonna burn it, turn into a hey, can I touch you sort of environment, I'm just gonna just ugh. Well, that's my two cents. <laughs> and worth every penny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Again with beating the clown. I'm sorry, I'll buy the t-shirt. Thanks, Crimebo. You know, <sighs> I don't really think there's much more we can say beyond that, but just to wish everyone the happiest of Halloweens, don't be a raver, because if Crimebo sees you, he's going to bite you. No, kill. No, kill yeah. you. He'll He's going to kill you. Hey, and this clown gets away with it. He does. <laughs> so what do you say we all just climb into the clown car and head down oh, Head down to the to Chinese Hollywood. and kick some ass. Kick I think Peter Pan ass. It's a pitch-squeak Peter Pan ass. We're going to kick Darth Vader's ass. And we're going to kick Marilyn's ass. We're and that weird tall guy with the wings and the teeth. Yeah, yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to tickle that, Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> Where it hurts. Because when you mess with Crimebo, you mess with the 1947 project. This is true. We're, we're not, uh, we're not uh, messable. Yeah. yeah.
All right. Got non-missability written all over. So thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. And then we're just going to tune it out for now. We'll be back in, I don't know, two or three weeks when we can get all these crazy people get back in the same room again. <laughs> Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween.